I don't know if you can see, but I fired up Horizon. Horizon, nice. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and cook through it before Dying Light comes out on How Friday. How far in are you? I'm not. I literally just started over because it doesn't have my cloud save from PS4. That so, doesn't make any sense. So I just flicked it over to story mode, and I'm just gonna zip through it. Did as you fast go? As I can. Did you go to the cloud save to check it? How do I do that? So if you go to the game on the menu and hit options or triangle, I can't remember which. There should be like a like a upload or download save cloud or save. Yeah, and then it'll ask you which you want to do. And um, just because these ones are new, I don't know if it'll like overwrite the old ones or not. It might just add them to them. I didn't know that was a thing. I'll have to uh, I'll have to check. Yeah. It I don't mind I didn't mind starting over because I never saw the intro like cinematic where he takes Aloy as an infant to be named or whatever. So that was kind of yeah. cool. Like I didn't realize I started the game very blindly the last time and like did not see that. So like I had no clue like that Aloy had some other importance with the matriarchs and yada yada. Yeah, I, I don't. I realized when I installed it that I think if you that cinematic only, I think it only plays the first time you boot the game, which is weird. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, for some reason the PlayStation by default won't download your cloud saves when you install a game. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. Anyways, um, side quests. Yes. We we pre-recorded our Rainbow Six discussion that people have probably heard because Brian is gallivanting across the the seas, <laughs> and um, he's bored at the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't have anything to talk about. Uh side quest wise at the time so we're recording this when we would normally record our episode some inside yeah. baseball for people so you have us just you have two. you have us you have the super morelio bros yeah who to some people may sound exactly the same so it might just sound like one person talking to themselves we should try and get andy to just pop in too <laughs> <laughs> Talk about uh, 3D printing and child rearing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't have any food or drink to talk about, really, because I don't think those Oreos that I got are brand new of any sort. They're like the peanut butter fudge pie ones or whatever. I think they've yeah, been I feel like I've seen those, but I have never braved them. They're good. Like they, yeah. It's good. I like them. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any beverages or dr- or food to really speak of this time around. I've been trying to watch more TV. I've been watching mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker and rewatching Suits because I don't remember where I left off in Suits, other than like I was in season six or seven. 
And that was a while ago, so I just decided to start the whole series over because I think it's done now. So, I think so too. If you haven't yeah. seen Suits, it's a very formulaic TV show. I think it was on like USA or something like that. Yeah, USA or TBS or one of those stations. It's currently in its entirety on Peacock, which is four ninety nine a month. Within reason, some, I suppose, for like a it, single network. I don't know. Some stuff is also free with ads, I think, on Peacock as well. Still has ads, so even though I'm paying four ninety nine. Everything's That's got right. ads. So. That's right. Yeah. There's some things that they offer free with ads. There are some things that they only offer if you pay, but they also have like the four ninety nine with ads, or like even more for without ads, I believe is how it goes. Yeah, I just but. I signed up for the most basic package of Peacock because I think oh it was New Year's it was New Year's Eve and Megan's like we should watch the New Year's Eve things that are on and I'm like where we don't have normal TV because we don't watch cable because I I have cable I don't have it set up so it's not plugged <laughs> in we don't use it other than I use my HBO subscription. Yeah. on HBO Max. Um and uh and part of the issue is like for me to have cable set up on our main television downstairs I'd have to feed cables and stuff through the wall. I don't know how to do that. I don't care to deal with it. Comcast's whole solution to me for that was to offer me a system in which I could stream cable to my television uh which I can do, but I have to set up the set top box first to unlock quote unquote my account so that I can stream it, which I've again never set up the set top box to even do that. <laughs> so their secondary solution was to offer me faster internet service for the same amount of money that I'm paying right now and offer me a cable system that streams over the internet and uses up my data, which has a cap. Uh even though it's unlimited quote unquote data, there is a cap of like a terabyte. And the guy, when I was talking to the rep, the guy was like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, these streaming services are great. You get full HD, 4K, blah, 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 like all this stuff over the streaming service. And I was like, yeah, but you you can see as of right now, my current usage has me somewhere between like 500 gigabytes and 800 gigabytes a month. And if you're going to add this streaming service to my to my current setup, which I don't is not being accounted for because I'm not using it, but if we had it, we would use it. Yeah. It would count against my data, therefore probably forcing me into a data overage. And the guy was like, oh, no, no, these shows are only like, you know, they're only like a couple megabytes a pop if you watch like an hour of television. <laughs> and I literally said to him, I'm like, listen, dude, like I'm not one of those average idiots that like calls you to like do this stuff. Um, and I can tell you right now from experience that one hour of television in in not even HD, but in 1080p, one hour of 1080p television is a gigabyte. Because I did that once when I didn't have cable and I wanted to watch a TV show, and I linked up my cell phone to my Xbox and I watched Netflix <laughs> in 1080p on my Xbox using my cell phone. It registered like 1.37 gigabytes for one hour's worth of television. And I was like, do you know how many hours are in a month, dude? And the guy was like, well, no, I'm not going to do that math. And I'm like, right, neither am I. But what I do know is, is that it, for every hour that, of which I would be watching television, it would put me over the top of the data cap. And then you guys would get an extra like 15 to $20 out of me a month. And he was yeah. like, 
that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, that's fine. You can, you, you can think that, but you're not going to convince me to use the service. So like, let's just forget about it. So anyways, Suits is one of those formulaic TV shows on basic cable that uses the word shit way too much because they can't use the word fuck. And <laughs> it has really good humor and great characters. And um, it's like Meghan Markle's like, you know, claim to fame like it's biggest, what big like biggest role other yeah than like i didn't nobody knew Duchess. anything about her until she started dating prince harry and then who was like probably now, watching suits <laughs> yeah like and now everybody's going back and watching suits it's it's a good show i think it's really funny it is super formulaic like every episode it's very much like house but like law you know yeah okay <laughs> where it's like so it's, it's, it's like, like a law firm We've got up. this. We've got this really crazy legal pr- uh, procedure we got to take care of, and the only person who can do it is Harvey Specter, <laughs> <laughs> and he does it with a lot of of fucking piss and vinegar. You know what I mean? Like it's very much the mm-hmm. same. But I don't know. I like I like legal shows for some reason. Like Law and Order SVU was always a fun watch, and not just because of uh, what's his name, Detective Stabler. Christopher um, Maloney. Yeah, that guy, he's hilarious. He's the best. But the the chemistry between characters on uh on Suits is very good. Uh Harvey Specter and uh Mike Ross, the two ca- main characters are very good. Um Harvey Specter is played by um Gabriel Macht. Gabriel Macht, who was one of the drug reps in Love and Other Drugs. Is that was that the one with Gyllenhaal and uh it was. Uh, yes. Yeah, he plays the drug rep that, like, decks Jake Gyllenhaal in the stomach at some point uh, in that movie. But in the TV show, he's, like, the main character, Harvey Specter. Mike Ross, who I can't remember who plays him, what his name is, but he's he's really Patrick good, too. Patrick Adams, I believe. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, the whole premise of the show, and this doesn't spoil anything, but Mike Ross has, like, a photographic memory, and he basically, like, uh, lies himself into working at one of the biggest law firms in New York where Harvey Specter works and using his photographic memory and his love of the law, because originally he was going to go to law school, but didn't you learn why later on in the series. Um, so they basically have to hide it from the firm that he is like a, like a, a, not a lawyer, but he is a legal genius. That's the tension is like, he could be found out any, any minute now is like somebody could spill the beans, but only like at the beginning and there's only two characters that know. And then gradually as the show moves on, like other characters find out yada, yada, you know, but again, it's very formulaic in that there's this problem. Only they can fix it because they're the best lawyers in town and they do. And then the next episode is there's a problem and only they can fix it. But anyways, it's funny. There's lots of movie quoting between the two characters because they're both movie buffs and Harvey Specter's like a music buff. So he's always listening to cool music. There's great music throughout the whole series, like all kinds of good stuff. Um, it's actually where I first heard of Charles Bradley, who died a couple years ago, but he did uh, the the version of um, Black Sabbath, like Ozzy Osbourne's Changes, like the more R&B version that came out a few years ago. And he does a lot of really great like funk R and B, and I learned about him from this show years ago. And it, just the music is awesome. the The show is hilarious. The characters are awesome. Um, Donna Harvey Specter's secretary is one of the most well written and hilarious characters I think in like all of television. So I've been rewatching that. I recommend it uh, if you're looking for something to just throw on in the background. But it does uh, it does have some good some good quips here and there. Um, also has Gina Torres of yep. Firefly fame. 
and she's and fantastic as Jessica Pearson. She's very, very good. Apparently, there was a a spinoff that they were trying with her, um, but it got canceled after one season. I don't think you can do a spinoff of that show because it's all Harvey and Mike are like the show. Like the other characters are great as supporting characters. I don't think any of them could really hold their own. Yeah. Even even Jessica Pearson, uh, Gina Torres' character. Like, like she's it, a great it, character as a supporting act to Harvey and Mike. Yeah. It looks but. like it looks like Harvey was a special guest star at some point in that season, but Yeah. And he's like total like wannabe billionaire playboy style. Like he's very much like a Bruce Wayne ish, like only wears like nice suits and stuff everywhere. He goes, drives fancy cars, dates, beautiful women, like all because he's this superstar lawyer in New York. But uh, you, and, and it's very like, that's all like the surface level stuff. And then as the show goes on, you learn about him more as a character and like who he is and why he is and why he does what he does. And it just makes him that much more, endearing of a character i think because he does seem very superficial at first and then like they start basically just peeling back the layers of him mm-hmm. as like you know being this awesome person and i dig it i don't know it's it's probably not for everybody if you're one of those people that just thinks formulaic tv is garbage and and, sh- and you don't want to ever ever watch any of that shit then don't but i think it's awesome i i mean yeah i would i would uh there's a lot of stuff that i want to watch um, I really loved House back in the day, and I did eventually go back and finish it. Um, numbers on CBS is one that I've always wanted to watch. Numbers, all of, numbers but I've was only a good seen one. Some of it. Um, I never finished Numbers, but I watched a lot of it. Yeah. And then, um, like even just Bones, like really liked Bones. A lot. Bones was super well written. I I don't remember how far into it I got. I got pretty far, and then I gave up on it. But I think I did and, too. Uh, yeah, if you if you're, it's funny because. In rewatching Suits now, there are so many people that pop up in it that you're just like, oh, you're kind of hot shit now. Yep. Like they they very like very little side character people like you know yeah. who have since come very far. Uh, well, and that's the, even, the, even like so- in the first season. There's the, one of the girl clients that they pick up is uh, she plays the she plays Monica on. Uh, on Silicon Valley and Monica is like one of the best characters in Silicon Valley. Cause she's like not a nerd, but she hangs out with these nerds and like, mm-hmm. you know, th- things like that. You see all these other people who have been in a bunch of other things now, like going back and like they, they've, they've come a long way. The, the problem that I have with some of these shows is that like, if like Nicole's not into them, then I have to watch them on my own time. And my yeah. own time is, taken up by video games and movies and other things that I want to do. So that's part of the reason why, like, mom got me the full box set of Fringe for Christmas, like, probably seven years ago at this point. No, it wasn't that long ago. It was, like, five years ago. And I'm still, like, working through it, but I'm in, like, season two because I don't sit down and watch it enough. Well, plus those were, like, what, 22-episode seasons? 22 episode seasons, 40 minutes a piece. Like it's, yeah, yeah that's it's a, that's a, a lot tough of TV one to, to watch. Through. Like yeah. one or two seasons of that is like a normal run of an every, any other show, mm-hmm. you know, like even suits, I think is eight seasons and that's a lot. Like, uh, yeah, I don't Wikipedia think it needs to go that far. Nine seasons, and 134 episodes, but it's like, it's one of those things where these shows get popular and then they're like okay we'll continue to go and obviously with like formulaic stuff like this it's fine because there's a formula to it and keep coming back to it 
and throw in certain characters that can kind of mix things up a bit. But like, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of them that I would love to watch, but it's just hard to get through. Uh, like, and even like Lost. Like, I've had so many people tell me that I need to watch Lost. Nick and Willie are like huge fans of Lost, and um, it's just so so hard for me to sit down and do it because it's like twenty two episodes, forty minutes piece. Like, yeah, and it's I a remember there's huge commitments yeah. and like not having watched them. I think that's the benefit of like them being weekly episodic adventures is that originally like you could have just sat down like every week and it's not that much of a commitment to watch an hour of TV once a week. But then Mm -hmm. when it's finally all done and you've got like eight seasons, you know, hundred X episodes sitting next to you, like, and you, and you got to just like plow through it. It's, it's hard. Like it is a hard commitment. Even game of Thrones. Like I know I've spoken in the past about how I was never going to watch game of Thrones because of the way it was advertised to me specifically by friends. But like (laughs) I, like we, Megan and I sat down and tried to watch a bunch of it like before and during the pandemic. And like, we got, I think to season six and I was just bored and was like, I'm over this. Like we don't really need to watch any more of it because I know the ending is not good. And so like, I don't see the point in even getting to that point ever. Yeah. Like I couldn't recommend that show to anybody because the ending isn't worth it to me. And if you're going to spend hundreds of hours on a TV show, you should at least know that some people were happy with that ending, whether or not you're going to be. But it's also about the journey, right? Um, I get that kind of brings up another topic. They started How I Met Your Father uh, yeah. with Hillary Duff. And um, it's weird. It's really weird to watch. There's like three episodes right now. The pilot mirrors the pilot of the original show in so many weird ways of like, there's a couple that gets engaged, like Marshall and Lily did, and uh, this is the guy that might be kind of a Barney Barney stand-in, but you can tell they've kind of like tried to shift the the archetypes around a little bit in terms of like who's who. Yeah. It's not just like there's a Neil Patrick Harris guy who's going to be a womanizer. Like he's just a dude who has like similar mannerisms, but like he is technically in a committed relationship with one of the other characters, and like. It's really strange, and I find myself... So, it's a Hulu show. They're doing 10 episodes a season, but I'm kind of like, I'm going to give it this one season, but if they can't come out and tell me this is going to be four seasons, like, if it's open-ended, like How I Met Your Mother was, right? I don't think I want to do it anymore. Like, How I Met Your Mother, to me, season one and season two, perfect. Like perfect TV. It was all. It was all good until Lily and Marshall got married and moved out on their own. That's when the show kind of like because they weren't they weren't like in a group anymore. Like they weren't like sharing the apartment. It's the same sort of thing. And and that's how I met your mother was commonly compared to like friends in terms of like you have a group of friends they hang out at a coffee shop and then you have a group of friends and they hang out at a bar that they live under. You know what I mean? Like or live above. Like it's all. It was very much the same. So it's interesting. How I Met Your Mother has been off the air for how many years now? I think, I mean, I can, I have the, like, I'd be interested to know, like, what's the, what's the distance between like friends and how I met your mother. And then what's the distance between how I met your mother and how I met your father. How I Met Your Mother ended in 2014. Okay. So that's, so we're seven years years, out, eight years years out. And then friends 
How I Met Your Mother started in 2005, Friends ended in 2004, which is insane to think about, in my wow. opinion. Wow, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really weird. That's crazy. But, well, and that's the thing, is that I feel like How I Met Your Mother became such a juggernaut. Like, I, I only got into it. it took a while, too. It took a yeah. while, and it, and it took... Um, it took a show like The Big Bang Theory to bring the attention to it, which is why I think they paired them up because it was they were mm-hmm. kind of like vying for the same crowd in yeah. a way. Um, so it's yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know what to expect for How I Met Your Father. I, I'm also not interested in watching it to be honest with you. Like I, well, I don't. He, I like I have a little. I have a little bit of like curiosity, but I'm also like not a huge Hillary Duff fan by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it just, it came out of, like, I literally just like flicked on Hulu to watch SNL and saw ads for it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where did this come from? Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I don't think the format works. Like the format was uh, the sitcom format itself of like laugh track sitcom was tired when how I met your mother started. Like yeah. people, people started moving away from laugh tracks because it felt very, um, forced. yeah, very forced. Absolutely. And so they are still doing laugh tracks and how I met your father, which I think is a major, major problem. And the other problem is, is that it's nowhere near as funny as that, as the previous show was like, it's like, I really, I like Hillary Duff, especially we watched a show called younger that was on like lifetime or some shit like that with it's uh sutton foster plays a 40 year old mom who's trying to break back into the book industry in new york and she claims to be a millennial to get the job and hillary duff is one of her like co-workers and it was pretty it was a very entertaining show i enjoyed it a lot but like I, i really like hillary duff off of that and then like how I met your father, I think would work, but like, there's nobody else in the cast that I really love. You know, the writing doesn't feel as good. And it's one of those things where it's like, I can give them some time to like find the rhythm for everybody, but the natural chemistry of like how I met your mother was so good that like, I can't, I don't know. I'm not going to stick through with it. And honestly, like, I think the ratings are so poor on it, or at least I don't know about the ratings. The, the reviews are so poor for How I Met Your Father that I, I would, I'm kind of going to be surprised if they end up with the second season. Unless they Who's really pull... It? Um, That's a good question. I think... I know there are some people involved from the previous, but the showrunners, Isaac Aptiker and Elizabeth Berger... Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. And then writers, they've done a bunch of them. Dan Levy, um, who is not, not the Dan Levy of Schitt's Creek fame, but the Dan Levy, who is a comedian and has written for other shows. Yeah. Uh, he's writing some of it. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just, it's strange. It was interesting because the first two episodes were directed by Pamela Fryman, who directed, I think, 90% of How I Met Your Mother episodes, which is insane. 
uh, for a sitcom like that. I'm pretty sure that's true. I'll double check it. Um, but, and, and it, like, that's the thing is that it feels similar. You can feel it, but just like, I don't think the writing and the actors are necessarily meeting it where and they're, it needs they're to be pushing met. these out one at a time too, weekly, right? Yeah. I think they put See, like the I first like two out. This show for this sort of show, you needed to dump the whole thing at once. Like doing See, it episodic weekly is probably a mistake. The other conceit that I will give them is that they they said up front that the father is in the pilot. The father, I, I believe, unless they're going to really do some shitty stuff, which will make it even worse. The father, I believe, is in the main cast. So I think it's somebody that she will be around for the entire show. And eventually end up with for some reason. Well, yeah, like Robin was, you know, like like Robin was, but I think not necessarily. But Robin's not the mother, right? You know, but they're committing to the fact that like the father is somebody in that group of friends, and eventually they will they will, they will get together. Yeah. So it's kind of like there's at least a little bit more of a plan up front, whereas with how I yeah, Met Your more mother, of a plan, and maybe they don't have to draw it out as much, so like they'll get away with a, like a four season run, and then it's over. Like I think that honestly, that's that's the problem that How I Met Your Mother had is like it was CBS, it ended up becoming a smash hit, and like it just was like, hey, we can continue making money, and so yeah. rather than making a plan and making it satisfying. It got into the like recycled sitcom territory, and you know that's where seasons, th- parts of season three through the rest of that show live for me. And I think I still think the final season was a, a huge miscalculation, and they should not have made it all take place on the same weekend, pretty much, except for a couple episodes. Yeah. So what uh, what other TV have you been watching? You've been watching Peacemaker too, right? I have been watching Peacemaker. Uh, I haven't had a Max. chance to get past that third episode, but my God, is that show fucking hilarious? Like it's yeah, it's pretty good. It's uh, for those who don't know, it is a kind of continuation of The Suicide Squad, which came out uh, last year um, by by James Gunn, and it stars John Cena as Peacemaker, who was in that movie. Um. James Gunn has written, I think, all of the episodes. He's directed a couple of them, too. And uh, eight-season episode, I believe it's going to be... Eight-episode season. Yes. Yes. Eight-episode season. Correct. <laughs> um, but, no, it's it's good. John Cena's one of those people that, like, he he's a professional wrestler. He was, is, whatever. And I think it's easy to write people off like that. You know, like, you know, it's a known quantity. Like, it is, but uh, it isn't because, like, in on one hand, it's like, oh, it's wrestling. But on the other hand, it's like, these people have been acting for like decades now. Like, the rocks yes. the same way, you know? And they may like, or may he, not be acting well, <laughs> but they've been doing it for a long but time. It's, yeah. And it's not like it's, it's not like it required, you know, the best acting to run on, on a springboarded stage and get your ass handed to you you know what yeah. i mean like it didn't take yeah. a lot you know and, and i know they no. added more drama and better writing to wrestling as it's gained popularity to try and mm-hmm. lend it probably some legitimacy as like an art form of of cinema i guess i don't know but <laughs> entertainment it's, uh, of some kind it's like uh 
I want to call it like feeder teams for like baseball and like other sports, yeah. you know? Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> it, that's those almost people what it who is. It's like you, you really get these guys. Big. Yeah, you get these guys who like they gain a lot of traction and like they're not terrible actors. They're not the greatest, but they have like the capability of being molded still moving into cinema. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think of the first few movies The Rock did where he was like, where he was still like the rock like yeah. not Dwayne Johnson you know like we know him mm-hmm. now as Dwayne Johnson but when the Scorpion King came out he was, he the, was rock. the rock <laughs> it was still it was like Brendan Fraser and the rock like on the poster <laughs> you know yeah and like he wasn't the greatest actor they gave him like half a line in that movie maybe mm-hmm. and like all he had to do was open his mouth and scorpions poured out and like that was it yep. and that was all CGI he didn't really have to do anything and he's he's found a way to lean into it and make like he does the rock that's who right. he is. He's not trying to be anybody else. He's not doing much different. And, and he's just, that's, they found a way to make him an action star and just poured him into, here's your disaster movie. Here's your save the white house movie. Here's like, right. you know, that's what they do with him. Right. So now we're John, getting that with John Cena. <laughs> no, no, no. John Cena. I think when he started hitting and i'm trying to think of what i'm gonna look up real quick but like john cena is somebody who like i was ready to write him off like that and just expect it to be like oh you know he's gonna be the tough guy and i think he's done uh what are those movies um the marine was the movie that he did that there's been a bunch of them and uh you know he he did uh other things like um oh god what else is in 12 rounds? Like he did a bunch of actiony stuff because I think that's what was expected of him. Yeah. But when he was in train wreck with Amy Schumer, who I don't really love Amy Schumer, but directed by John Apatow, that was the first time where I saw John Cena be funny. And I was like, shit, he's actually really good at that. And so he's been in a couple things since then. He's, he's kind he's, he's pretty funny in Bumblebee, but he does play like a military type. He's utterly wasted in Fast and Furious 9, which is a big disappointment. Uh, but he was in a movie called, uh, it was originally called Cock Blockers, but now it's been called Blockers. And it's about a bunch of um, uh, like high school seniors trying to get laid or something before they go to college. And he's one of the fathers in the movie. And he's super funny in that, too. So... John Cena being funny to me was like completely unexpected. And the fact that like he can pull it off, I think is great. And so peacemaker, the role of peacemaker in both suicide squad and in his TV show is like so perfectly tuned for John Cena's skill set of being like action star, but also funny kind of dumbass, basically. Yeah. Like his, the the peacemaker character i cannot picture anyone else in that role at this point and i've only watched the suicide squad movie and three episodes of the show yeah. and like he has embodied like i i don't i can't even think of a single actor i would consider putting in that role now because mm-hmm. of like the personality he brings to the character itself like he's so funny like he's so funny like just a the beginning of the third episode, I don't even remember what he was talking about. It was it was some pretty problematic shit because he he does say a lot of problematic stuff. <laughs> yes, because he because he's like, yeah, it, it 
when you watch the show and you understand his dad and the show and him and like you like there's there's some pretty vile shit that they say but he's so funny the the beginning of the third episode they're like getting they're getting all their guns ready to go and 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 like take care of of like the the senator they got to take care of or whatever mm-hmm. this isn't spoiling anything but there's just like his reaction to like where where's my where's the peace dove why isn't the peace yeah. dove on my gun and then they, they're like well here like just draw, draw it on. on and then he's like but every time i try to draw it it looks like a ghost and then he like draws it and it does look like a ghost like and like you know they actually made him draw that on the gun <laughs> oh for sure yeah that was that was him drawing it it was perfect it was just so yeah. good and, and like even like when i had the first or second episode on the other night when i just started watching it and like megan came home from gymnastics and she like she sees john cena she's like is that john cena and i'm like how do you like what do you know about john cena <laughs> like he's gotten big enough somehow to be recognizable to a lot of people which is yeah great and, and he's a huge like charitable philanthropist like super nice dude mm-hmm. that the internet just loves like he's such a poster child for like like doing good things and and yeah it's just it's crazy to see him in a show or as ridiculous as this like this character is such a ridiculous crazy character for someone like him to play but again i can't picture anyone else playing him mm-hmm. and uh yeah yeah i it's, think it's I really think it's funny just, it's one of those perfect like I think James Gunn finding John Cena was like um Wes Anderson finding Willem Dafoe, you know? It's sure. just yeah. It's there's there's some sometimes there's a connection between director and actor that is just like I know how to make you sing and I'm going to make it for you and I think Peacemaker is absolutely that for John Cena. It almost ties into that thing I said in the chat the other day where like James Gunn has literally taken like meme culture and made it his comedy and yeah. like by choosing John Cena who is an internet meme in and of yeah. himself yep. to be the main character of like a meme culture comedy centric show is is icing on the cake like yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's i mean that's the thing and i think i probably said it i believe we did talk about suicide squad on the film nerds at some point but like i feel as though i was getting tired of james gunn doing the james gunn thing to me because he did two guardians movies which is about a misfit band of people coming together and accomplishing a mission and then he did the suicide squad which is the same thing but for dc and I feel like he's been in this comic book mode so much, but this show feels just outside of that because it's like peacemakers in, in this show, but the rest of it feels like CIA, you know, secret ops bullshit. Yeah. It's like X-Files or something. Like Yeah. And so X-Files putting- meets DC comics <clears throat> mixed with like quick witted, like crazy banter mm-hmm. and yeah, like, and that's I, I always forget that he did Guardians because it makes me think of like the Guardians parts where like, uh, you know, Quill Quill's like mouthing off with Rocket back and forth really quickly, like that yeah. the, that like snappy dialogue. And there's a lot of that in this, but I think because I think because he got canceled, like James Gunn got canceled during that whole and then moment. Canceled, yes, yeah, yeah. He kind of just decided he's like, well, fuck it, I'm I'm just gonna dig into it. So he got more like like vile and vulgar with what what he was writing with peacemaker in a way that like it's it's just like it's just funny like it's just funny to me and i think that's part of like when you're dealing with guardians of the galaxy in the marvel cinematic universe you know you have to play to the family movie 
Guardians gets to go a little bit further than a lot of those other movies. Like the thing I can think of is Peter Quill's line about the ship lighting up like a Pollock painting with a yeah. black light or something like that. <laughs> There's little moments where the James Gunn shines through. And that's one of the things that makes Guardians like a great, one of the great Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. But I think when he had to step away from Guardians 3 and DC gave him the Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad just lives in this rated R world. And there's like, there was, it's almost like there was never an expectation that it would not be rated R. And I think DC has been smart in, in some ways of allowing their stuff to differentiate in that way, especially the Suicide Squad. And so when you let James Gunn, who's made ultra violent gore fest movies like Super and Slither, before guardians of the galaxy you let him come back to who he was and combine it with your set of toys that dc offers him i think uh it it makes something very special that you know you just would never get out of a marvel cinematic universe movie so i think like the suicide squad peacemaker are two things that work really well and i think dc dc should be chasing that a little bit more and i think they're going to it sounds like the girl that plays Harcourt, who's actually James Gunn's partner now, um, Jennifer Holland, she is apparently going to show up in other stuff. She might be in like the Black Adam movie, which is The Rock being Black Adam, um, and she might show up in some other, like there might be other TV shows or things that HBO starts to develop with some of these characters. So I think um, I think if they embrace kind of like the 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 meaner, more gory and adult comic book stuff like they have been doing. I mean, Kevin Smith wrote a bunch of the Harley Quinn cartoon, I think. Yeah. And people enjoy that quite a bit. So, you know, I think they've they've found a way to to corner a part of the market that Marvel so far has seemed unwilling to touch. Oh, she was in Brightburn? Did Brightburn ever actually come out? I think it did, but it was pretty Garbage? quiet. Um, it's got a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I think it had a little bit to do with, um, I'm trying to think of what happened around it. I can't remember. I think there was, some, oh yes, because it was around the time that James Gunn got canceled and he's a producer on the movie. It just got buried. It got really quietly released and it wasn't really, um, you know. Yeah, I remember wanting to see that, but then I completely forgot about it in general because it just didn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Because he's like, Brightburn's like the anti-Superman kind of type. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that actually, like, connects. Like, it is technically a Sony Sony movie, so I I don't know if it actually makes any connections. If it ties into DC. DC stuff. Yeah, but, um, you know... Um, Peacemaker's great. The intro. You, oh, God. If you the haven't watched. The intro title credits are so good. If you haven't watched the show at all, you've probably heard someone on Twitter talk about the intro, and it's it's as good as people say it is. Like, it's just. It's perfect. The song, great. It's the dance so number, funny. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I, I, I've been enjoying Peacemaker. I think. Um, Oh man, the scene 
with the with the judo master kicking flaming hot Cheetos at him was yeah. one of the funniest things. <laughs> I could not stop <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> it's yeah. a great show. It's funny. It's it got all kinds show. of it's I think the I like James Gunn seems like one of those dudes that I really feel like I need to hang out with. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like he's so I, f- I think we would have a good time. Like I think we would He seems friends. like a very interesting guy and and very thoughtful in a lot of ways too that I don't think um some of the people that are playing in these DC and Marvel sandboxes are necessarily that thoughtful about things that they want to do. Um just the like the little there're little bits of humor that you might think are dumb like in the in that same episode with the judo master or whatever when when uh What's her name? Uh, from Orange is the New Black. Uh, Danielle, yeah, Daniela Brooks. When yep. her character takes the explosive from uh, what's his name? Uh, from Mern, and I'm not mm-hmm. even going to attempt to say his real name because I don't want to. <laughs> it's it's a it's a str- it'd be a struggle for me. But anyways, she takes the explosive from him, it peels off the backing, and licks it as <laughs> like it's yeah. a stamp. Like just something <laughs> as dumb as that is like really funny. Like. Just there's these little bits that really just shine that it it really it it is one hundred percent my level of humor mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I've had this show on, and Megan is like not interested in the least bit other than like John Cena because he's a hot dude, I guess I don't know maybe <laughs> yeah I mean, I think Nicole's come across it a couple times on like social media, but I don't think she like I showed her the the intro because I was like you have to watch this and she was like that's cool and then went back to doing whatever she right. was doing. <laughs> but that's but, the thing uh, is like that those intro credits like again nail our humor a hundred percent. Like even just the fact that it lingers on equally when he lands and he continues yeah. to have his wingspan <laughs> out. It's just it's perfect. It's really good. It's really good. Oh man. Um, there's one other show that I think you might want to give a try called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Yeah, you just mentioned that on uh, on the Discord. Yeah, um, it's, I don't it just even, came out on Netflix. I don't even know where it, to begin with that title. That's the point. That's the point. Because it's like if the whole show is making fun of those books like The Girl on the Train or, you know, you know The Woman in the House, you know, those really ridiculous thriller novels that... It, it's yeah. like an airport thriller that you're going to pick up at the Walden Books Express or whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> when you got to go on a flight and you're like, I should read something, and then you right. don't read the book. Um, it, the whole point of it is to make fun of those, and I think it could have gone a little bit further with how it does it, but I think by the end of the show, I appreciated the journey a lot anyway, and there's yeah. very... I think there's glimpses of genius throughout the show. There are some times where she's, Kristen Bell's giving like an internal monologue and it's just the most overwritten bullshit that it could possibly be. <laughs> there's this one that's like the first one that I is really that like, is that self-referential is her being like a, a narrator on like shit, like gossip girl and stuff like, Oh yeah. And I think it plays a little bit on her Veronica Mars as yeah. well. Like it's, yeah, I think it's, it certainly lives in that universe. And I think it's part of why they probably, she wanted to do it and they wanted her to do it. But, um, but she just has this line about, um, Oh man, I really wish I would have written it down. Um, it's something about like the, 
the past is hard to let go of in the in the present and if you can't do that you can't get to your future so your future just becomes the past or some bullshit like that (laughs) and it's just it's funny because it's so like poorly written but it's just purposefully poorly written right and uh there's some twists and turns in the show and I, i really enjoyed where it ended up and i think if uh it, it reminded me of they came together, which is, um, you know, the wet hot American summer crew making fun of rom coms. But I don't think this is quite as genius as they came together is, but it has its moments, and I, I liked it a lot. So people should check it out if they think it'd be fun. It's a little slow at the beginning. It's only eight episodes, and they're only twenty five minutes a piece, uh, so it's pretty quick to get through. Right on. But. Yeah. The only other thing I've been watching is Boba Fett. Yeah. I've been having fun with Boba Fett, but it wasn't until this week's episode that I realized that I didn't care about it until a certain someone shows up. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't think like, I like, I like Boba Fett as a character. I like that they're giving him his own show and he's basically just going to dominate Tatooine. I'm all about it. Mm hmm. You know, um, but it's, it's not, um, I, I like the discovery of new characters and things in the Star Wars universe. I think that's what made Mandalorian so appealing was you had a new Mandalorian character or multiple Mandalorian characters. Cause all you had known previously was Boba Fett and Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. So to have like a new one that. I mean, if we're talking just from the movies, I guess if you go into the cartoons and yeah, you get like, you know, go, there's, Bo, there's more it? of them. Bo, yeah. Bo-Katan and like Bo-Katan, all the others. Like, yeah. But anyways, my point being is like the general public only really knows about Boba Fett and Jango Fett from the movies. Uh, and then to have like a whole show dedicated to discovering what's left of the Mandalorians and what their future is, is like kind of cool. Um, especially this latest episode of Boba Fett was like very enlightening and fun and cool to see. That's, to see the connection made. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, Trying that was one of the it. things. And, I, I, you know, I'll go back to The Mandalorian Season 2. Let me put it this way. Let's do a spoiler warning for anything Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett that is currently aired, which is through Episode 5, five of, of Boba the Fett. Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Spoiler warning right now. I'll try and remember to put it in the notes. Um, while the appearance of Luke at the end of season two of Mandalorian was cool, I kind of hated it because what I really loved about the Mandalorian was that there were no Skywalkers involved in it, you know? Yeah. The mysticism purely lied within Grogu and that's it. Yeah. And it was, it well, was cool I that way. He- well, with Ahsoka Tano, like having Ahsoka showing up is, is even like the mysticism. I don't even necessarily think is the problem. I think like there's so much been made about how the nine Star Wars movies are the Skywalker saga. It seems and like when Knights of the Old Republic came out and it wasn't about any of the Skywalkers, it was people enjoyed it because it was fresh. And so like Luke showing up at the end there. Made me really worried, but now I think we're headed to a place where, like, you know, it's unsustainable for them to bring Luke Skywalker on as a main character in the show. But if he shows up here and there, I don't necessarily have that much of a problem with it. 
So I'm okay with kind of where things are at right now, depending on how Grogu's future goes. But the weird thing about the book of Boba Fett is that it kind of just almost feels like it's place setting to get to the Mandalorian season three. That's yeah, that's what I was going to get to is like, I feel like this is just a connection um, yeah. to lead us. Cause basically like, as we are again, spoilers in this whole area, like, you know, uh, Din Djarin has come back and is being enlisted as help uh, for Boba Fett to fight against the, uh, the, the what pikes. are they? The, the pikes. Yeah. So like, once that's over with, like, what is there left to tell of Boba Fett and his adventures? Like, once he once he takes over Tatooine, you know, has the Sand People taking care of the the desert sea for him? Uh, you know, what what is there left to tell of Boba Fett? Probably not much yeah. because he's going to live out the rest of his life as as the uh, the daimyo of the daimyo, of yeah. Tatooine, and that's it. But so from there, where do we go? And I think it's all just from there we follow Din Djarin again. Who I don't even know. Like I was, I was happy to see that Pedro Pascal came back to be him for this, mm-hmm. but I don't. He's done, right? Like he's not playing the character moving forward. I thought because he doesn't no, get I to show his is. face. I think he still is. My understanding was that um, it was t- it was going to be tough because because he got the Last of Us. He's filming the Last of Us, but my understanding was that they still started filming season 3 of The Mandalorian because he only basically comes in to do the voice. Okay. And a couple scenes here and there. So I think he's coming back. I um, mean, I would take <laughs> I would take the uh the paycheck to just come and do the voice if I were one of the most notorious characters in all of Star Wars lore at this point. Like absolutely. You, he's he's literally like the most popular character right now because of the fact that like people are so divided on the prequels the sequels and the and the original trilogy basically and, and it, it just it makes me sad that i'm not printing <laughs> off mandalorian helmets on my uh 3d printer because the amount of money i could make doing that is just obscene yeah. the more i think about it like because i know that there are etsy shops dedicated purely to printing off boba fett and Mandal- mando helmets and like yeah. you know bo katan helmets and whoever else Yep. Any 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 Mandalorian style helmet, like people just they want to eat the stuff up, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be me making. I'd be all that wor- money. I mean, I'd be worried about like Disney stepping on you at that point. But can like- they? Can they really? And the only reason I say that is because if the file is made from scratch by some other artist, then it's technically their property, even though it's iconic of something that belongs to Disney, so to speak. Like I, you could, it, you could play, you could pay, you, you could say like fair use or parody to some extent, and then like people are just three D printing that file, which is free on the internet. You know, like I can go yeah. to Thingiverse right now and download twenty different types of Mandalorian helmets. Well, like, and that I think that's fine for like your at home users or whatever. But like, and know. and if if Disney's got a problem with it, then. Start selling Mandalorian helmets at Target, but make them well, good quality. They do. That's There's the other that. problem is like like toys. I don't know the last time you actually like felt modern toys, but they're garbage, man. Like a lot of them are just like not so good. That's where the the Black series Hasbro has a thing called Star Wars the Black series, which is like that's the one you got to like pre order and stuff, right? Those are those are the things that are like adult uh, aimed like good replicas of things like they have uh, a replica of the dark saber. I'm looking at a Mandalorian helmet that is $125. Um, I think they also sell Boba Fett. 
and uh and stuff of that nature so it's like you know they've got um yeah i mean these etsy mandalorian helmets are in the hundreds of dollars you know this guy's got one right here carbon composite mando helmet for one thousand fifty dollars like made out of carbon fiber (laughs) it's it's there's a a pre-order here for leia's lightsaber from uh Rise of Skywalker for $265, which is nuts. An actual steel Mandalorian armor kit for $1,100 on Etsy. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, if 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 Hasbro, Disney are going to go, like, they got to really dive into this. Like, you would, you could make official merch or whatever that is worthy of these price tags and people will pay it. You know, it's gotta be good quality though, because I mean, again, some of the, see when they cheap out on some of this crap, here's the thing. Like right now you can go to star Wars galaxy's edge in Disney world and you can go and make your own lightsaber, which is like those crazy sound effects, life's lightsabers that, you know, the ones that like the, that Nate had. Yeah. You remember? Yep, that I actually have in the basement here because I bought it off of him when he moved away. <laughs> he sold it to me for five dollars. <laughs> but anyway, the so you can go and like basically make one of those yourself in the the Galaxy's Edge thing. It's out of a bunch of pre-made parts or whatever. But you can buy different kyber crystals that have RFID in them, so that your your uh, your blade glows a different color. Yeah, because it's all LED now, so I think they can change whatever color it is. Um, but like you know, they they gotta expand it, and they're gonna make the Mandalorian Forge or whatever, where the the armorer can make yeah. you your Beskar or something like that, right? Like they're you gonna a, do it. A, a Beskar medallion, like yeah, made on site. God, that would be so yeah. sick. Every that time would be the you sickest go, job ever. You get, hey, I gotta go to work today, and you put on a fucking Mandalorian armor suit, and you go to work, and you get to like hand hammer some shit out of like fake Beskar steel. <laughs> that would be the sickest job. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh man, but no, but also like a man. Just imagine the idea that like every time you come back to Disney, you get a new piece of Beskar for your your Mandalorian suit or something like that. Like I think that like that's that's great. That's just like him bringing the best car back yeah. to her and getting parts made. So that would be so crazy. You roll in and you're dropping like, um, you know, us dollars on, on ingots of best car steel. And then you have to yeah. take them to the armorer and, and they're like, what <laughs> insignia would you like on your best car armor? And you get to choose like the Boba Fett, whatever his is. I don't even know what that monster yeah. is on his, but yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah. Probably. Oh man, that would be so ridiculous. I have <sighs> to imagine they're headed there, you know, like, with how popular the Mandalorian, uh, uh, I think it's a mythosaur. I think that's what it was. Maybe not. It could be something else. Anyway. I think that's what's on Mando's suit is the mythosaur, but I don't know what Boba Fett's is. You know, the like the Slave One insignia? Yeah, like what? with like the, the horns on it. No, yeah. no, that's, that is, yeah, mythosaur is the one with him. Mandalorian has, um, what's his sigil? It's the... Come on. God damn it. Uh, I suppose I can No, the Mythosaur is Boba Fett's. Yes. Yeah. Mythosaur is Boba Fett. Mudhorn is what. That's Din, right. Din got yeah. on, on his. 
I can, I just call them Mandalorian, but of course there's so many Mandalorians now that I can't right pin it down. But anyway, well, no, te- technically I'm, there aren't so many Mandalorians. There's only like true. three of them left. True, very true. Spoiler um, alert again. <laughs> I'm, or if yes. you count Bo-Katan and her, well, six if you count Bo-Katan and her crew because she's got yeah. two two officers, two other people with her. Yeah, I think there's more than that, but they're not all. They're all in hiding. The same. It's like not the Jedi. All the same clan. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see where the book of Phobabet. Phobabet. Fo- <laughs> the book it's hard of to Robert say the, the book of Phobabet. Boba Fett. <laughs> you know what really makes me angry? Look at the logo for the book of Boba Fett. All right, like not. The one that shows up in the main credits specifically, actually, I guess any of them really, because the the cross and the F and the E don't line up, and that drives me absolutely insane. Oh yeah, that's gross. It just hurts me every time I look at it from a graphic design standpoint. Like I would, I would have that would have been the first thing I did was line up those things and been like, here you go, guys, here's your logo. I didn't think about that at all. You're you're never you're going to see it every time now, and it's going to make you furious. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Man. Anyways, Book of Boba Fett's good. If you like Star Wars lore, uh, I'm excited for the Ahsoka Tano show that's going to come out at some point with Rosario Dawson. I think she's a perfect, uh, perfect actress for that role. I uh, am fucking pumped for the Obi-Wan series, but I'm kind of scared a little bit because of how much I feel like the Boba Fett stuff that they're showing here. Like there's a lot of like big Boba Fett stands that loved him from his two minutes in fucking, uh, return of the Jedi and, uh, empire strikes back. Yeah. That like are not a fan of the Boba Fett that they're seeing in the show because they think he's like soft. Cause he's not a bounty hunter, hunter anymore. And he like I, loves animals and whatnot. You know, that's just a general, take with all of these star wars fans um they're all awful like the fans it's the the fan base is so wide now that you can't there you there you will never please everybody in it but i'm just kind of like i'm curious to see what story they choose to sell tell with obi-wan because i don't did you know that uh i know ewan mcgregor is back uh-huh i know that uh hayden christensen is back yeah and that's so crazy. Like, so my guess they is they're doing? probably going to give uh, George Lucas at least a couple episodes that he can just go <laughs> ham on. And we're going to get some crazy yeah, ass know. creatures with goofy ass names and they're going to talk funny and it's going to make everybody upset. <laughs> but ev- like everybody else who doesn't give a shit is going to love it. Absolutely love it. And I say that as someone who saw The Phantom Menace on release, thought it was one of the greatest movies ever made. Came back to it later and was like, dear God, this is terrible. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> but yeah. in all reality, it's pretty fucking cool, man, to see, like, you know, Ewan McGregor and and Liam Neeson, like, two hard-hitting actors playing roles in this iconic series and getting to do some of the badassery that they got to do with those lightsaber fights, man. I mean, ultimately, it's just cool to see. And, and I'm interested, like, I, is it? Is there a specific timeline it's taking place in in Obi Wan's life, or is it like us? Like, is it going to show us anything prior to him becoming like the Padawan of Qui Gon Jinn? Like, 
you know, getting super nerdy here. Like, my, I don't really know what to expect. My understanding is that the plot is going to be 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So I don't know if they're going to do any flashbacks like they've been doing with Boba. Okay. But it's going to be I like mean, if the, Hayden the, Christensen's in it, probably, but they're also, they may also just end up having him be Darth Vader. Well, that's the thing, is that I think it could be Hayden as Darth Vader. Like, my... So... This is what the Wikipedia article says, according to some sources. I don't know what they are. They're probably press releases from Disney. But it says, The series begins with Obi-Wan watching over Luke Skywalker on Tatooine 10 years after the events of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith and takes the character on a rollicking adventure. So, like, I feel like I want to understand, like, wh- how... Like, I, I... And there was something else about... um. In, on one hand, I like filling in these gaps that are within the canon of the movies, but on the other hand, I would also like to know like how they got to where they got. You know, like how did so, Obi Wan get? You know, where what what happened to Obi Wan prior to the Phantom Menace? Like, how what was his come up? Like, I'd be interested in hearing that story. Well, too. I just sold all of my Obi Wan Jedi Apprentice or Jedi Padawan books on eBay not too long ago. Last in it's all they they threw away the canon anyways know, when Disney I took over, so that's all useless. But anyway, no, there was a there was a. So the thing is, there's like um. There, the con, some of the concept art that they showed for the Kenobi TV show shows them fighting. It shows Darth Vader and Obi Wan fighting, and then there was somebody else recently just said something. I think Kathleen Kennedy might have said something that was like, uh, having Hayden and and. Uh, and Ewan McGregor back is leading is going to lead to the one of the biggest rematches of of all time or something like that. So, I think they're going to fight with lightsabers, which is awesome. Yeah, because like, well, it just then you then you get the whole, uh, <laughs> like when Obi Wan, like how often does he fight Darth Vader in the come up of Luke Skywalker? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is he mm-hmm. always just there to like just be like? go away yeah like i i i I have to assume that i think this adventure is basically obi-wan doing things to hide luke's presence on tatooine you know yeah like something's gonna get to vader that luke is on tatooine so obi-wan is like i gotta get the fuck out of here and take care of this before he finds out about it or something like that they probably should have started by changing his fucking name (laughs) Yeah, and also maybe don't go to Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, maybe pick a different planet. But I guess <laughs> I, I guess you would assume else. that like Darth Vader, you know, aka Anakin Skywalker, doesn't want to return to his home planet. He, he, he does hate sand, from what we know. <laughs> hates it. Just hates it. And God forbid he get roped into another pod race. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is the nerdiest side quest we've ever had. I think, oh, hey, by it's far, great. it's good. It's fun to be excited about some Star Wars stuff because I'm all yeah I like and that's the thing is like I you know I wish uh I wish Megan was more in, in inclined to watch the cartoons because I'd love to go back and watch like uh, the Bad Batch and then like I mean any of the Clone Wars stuff but like cartoons are hard for certain people to watch and even for me like yeah. I had a difficult time trying to watch the Clone Wars just because Same. like I couldn't stay uh I couldn't couldn't stay focused on it for some reason. So, um, 
my my thing with Clone Wars is that I hated that it was out of order. Okay. Because, like, they would jump around a lot. But apparently in, like, season three-ish, they start to get to the point where they continue in a straight line for the most part. I think that's because the first and two seasons or so was Cartoon Network still kind of wrangling them in. And then after that, they were like, you guys, like, just do your thing. You're Whatever you're doing, you're killing it. Just keep it going. And that's when, because after the second season, I think, is when it started to get darker. Yes. And more yeah. more mature and adult. And then I saw the episode where I think it was Ahsoka or somebody beheaded like another character like on like almost okay. on screen like they saw like they basically walked up behind them with two lightsabers and like cut their head off and i was like yeah. holy shit that's a cartoon <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> this is not anime like oh my goodness like i was pumped so on I, that so i've been listening to there's a podcast called a more civilized age which is um a bunch of the people who work at waypoint and used to work at waypoint and some of their friends talking about the clone what they're talking through the clone wars and i listened to like their talks about the first two seasons three seasons of the show and then i finally just hopped into the point where things are going to be like going forward pretty straightforward and now i'm starting to watch some of the episodes and so i have a lot of the background but now i think i'm at a point in the show where i'm going to enjoy the experience a little bit more yeah and so i think um that's kind of how i'm choosing to do it now that podcast is some extremely liberal left-leaning people talking about Star Wars and how terrible the Jedi are. So if you don't want to hear any of that, maybe don't listen to it. But I I do recommend it if that sounds like it's up your alley. Um but <laughs> no, I'm yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like Star Wars is is interesting to me because like it is so storied and seeing it become this like Marvel thing where we got to have new stuff all the time and what's going to stay canon and whatnot. Like, I think it's interesting to see how they're going to take stuff and what new directions they're going to go in to try and get away from it just being about Luke Skywalker all the time, you know? Yeah. And so, um, a lot of these shows, I think it's fun and I think it's cool that like Ahsoka didn't get, killed in order 66 and that she's still around doing stuff in the time of the Mandalorian, apparently looking for grand Admiral Thrawn, which is right, which is cool. So I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what, uh, what the future holds for star Wars, especially with Kenobi, which should be out this year. I believe six episodes. Love you and McGregor. Love. Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all, it's just, I mean, it's exciting to see stuff that you loved as a kid. Like, getting getting the some of the what's the word i'm looking for um some of the polish i guess that like we wish it had that we imagined it having when we were younger and now that Mm -hmm. we're older and we look back it's hard to watch sort of because like maybe the cgi isn't great or whatever it's the same the same idea behind seeing the avengers movies the whole marvel cinematic universe is like a total just like wet dream in in the sense that like this is how we imagine these things, reading the comics and everything. And like those movies that came out earlier were not the greatest ones, you know? So to have Mm -hmm. technology with which we can actually like portray these things in a manner in which they look believable is awesome and wonderful and makes us all feel all tingly inside, you know, like I know I shat all over the Marvel cinematic universe for a while and it wasn't that I didn't (laughs) like any of the stuff. It was just that it was so overwhelming. And to have that response from people of like, you haven't seen it yet. Like what is wrong with you as a human being? And it's like extremely ubiquitous. Yeah. 
and and finally to like move beyond that and just and and I guess the other thing is like I I like the binge like I enjoy the binge of like mm-hmm. hopping from one thing to the next when it's available for me to do so so to like actually sit down and be able to like watch the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe play out in chronological order not mm-hmm. release order was super enjoyable and it was it was great to do that with Megan because like she never really cared necessarily about it like I think we went and saw Iron Man 2 in theaters at some point together mm-hmm. with like a, a group of friends but like for her to be able to sit down and like start at Captain America and like move forward and like actually understand the progression of the characters because yeah. it's not hopping around all over the place made it more enjoyable for me to share with somebody else in that in that state you know so uh i think star wars is going to be the same sort of thing because her and i sat down and we rewatched the entire star wars series leading up to episode seven including mm-hmm. the prequels which i you know we should have skipped altogether but we didn't <laughs> like we watched it yeah. and we watched it in release order and then we watched it in the uh the recommended order i don't remember uh what it was you watch um you watch a new uh, hope then you watch clone wars uh or attack attack of the clones right or which one was it? The, the machete order. Yeah, the machete order. So you, you watch, watch you watch a New Hope first, then you go back and you watch two and three, and then you watch five and six, and you skip Phantom Menace altogether. Yeah. So we which watched it both ways. Either way, it's it, it, yeah. like to be able to do that is great. And then I would love to go back now and like watch you know one two three, and then watch uh what was it the. I can't think Rogue of it now. One? Yeah, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And then squeeze Han Solo in there somewhere. Yeah. Which wasn't terrible, but it also it, it totally unnecessary. Yeah. Cool cool to see Han and Chewie's introduction. Whatever. But to be able to go back and, and do that. And Donald Glover as Lando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the most important thing out of that movie. And but. then like to and then come back to, you know, watching the four five six and then you know seven eight nine like i like i'm all for that whole i like seeing things in in those those binge blocks i think it's mm-hmm. more enjoyable that way um and i think that's a way that you can like you can really you get hardcore fans that way i think watching them in series like that just because like i can't wait for for wheezy to be old enough to understand star wars because mm-hmm. i remember when dave started showing jane star wars and she would come to work talking about rdd2 and like all these <laughs> other you know like it was the funniest thing but it was so yeah. awesome that she was like into this stuff and that mm-hmm. led to her obsession with orchestral music and john williams and like wanting to play violin and like I'm curious to see what that does for my daughter introducing yeah. her to that stuff and having her watch it and see it and everything. So it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun, especially knowing that there's going to be way more content for her to just like obsess yeah. over. It, so well, she's going to be a super my... fan. I'm, I'm going to have it. She's going to want to wear Like I'm going to have to make her a Mandalorian armor suit. Like I'm going to have to 3d <laughs> print it for her. I, I don't understand why Andy hasn't 3d printed an Iron Man suit for Henry. Yet. I don't get it. That kid needs an Iron Man suit. Yeah, um, pretty much. But yeah, it's yeah, nerd total nerdery. We just spent like forty minutes talking about Star Wars. I'll, I'll end it on this note: I, I will never show my future daughter Tron so that she doesn't have to feel the heartache that I do when <laughs> Disney never makes any more Tron stuff. Oh, I don't. I don't think I have anything like that. I don't think there's <laughs> I, like I, I don't know. I guess like the Crow was great for me, but like the the subsequent the City subsequent of Angels and the third was, one yeah. were just not good. 
No. City City of Angels was okay. Because they still brought back the girl. I can't remember her name now. I didn't obsess over it that much, I guess. Yeah. I just like I for me I wanted to be I wanted to be Brandon Lee in the crow. Yeah. You know? I wanted to yeah. be Eric Draven. I thought yeah. he was the coolest dude. And he had the coolest hair and he wore the coolest clothes because everything was black and he got to dress <laughs> in a trench coat. And then, you know, yeah, I just I wanted to be that, but not anymore. I'm good. I still wear a lot of black, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Anyways. Uh yeah, total nerdery here. That's a lot of Star Wars for everyone. Um I hope you enjoyed that, and hopefully... The, the longest um, side quest we've ever done. This is the longest side quest, yeah, but I'm okay with that, because yeah. I think the people who listen to the side quest do enjoy them, so hopefully they, they got a kick out of this one, and uh, yeah, um, let us know what you guys think about Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker and Suits and that other one that Alex said has a really long name and How I Met Your Father. Uh, <laughs> tell us about all the TV shows you're watching. Join the Discord. Uh, again, you can go to mpn.bz slash Patreon to join our Patreon account, which you will get early access to these side quest episodes, and you will be able to get access to our Discord channel if you spend at least five bucks, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, and you can access the Discord and talk to us directly. Give us your suggestions of things to talk about on the show. Give us your opinions about the shows and things and, you know, candy we eat and the food that we drink and or food that we eat and the drinks that we drink. Like, tell us all about that stuff, too. Um, yeah. That is all. We will see you guys next week. Peace.